Hi y'all, hi y'all. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? How are you? Sorry, just wanted to I know I'm setting the, epi- the today's episode a bit differently. Um just a quick one before we actually start the episode. I just wanted to give like yeah, I just wanted to talk about a few things before we get into today's topic and get into t- today's episode and everything. Uh first thing is to thank you all for listening to my podcast so far. And like I'm getting like oh my gosh, like I'm getting views and stuff and downloads and this is really, really it's it's just it feels really good um to get positive feedback from people and yeah and like I know it's like I'm acting like it's I have like a million <laughs> listeners per month, but nah, it feels really, really good when people actually listen to my stuff. Um and respond to it. I think for any artist, when people respond to your um create creation and people respond to your art, it feels like a really really it feels really good. Um, so thank you all for that. I really appreciate it. Please don't stop. Um, let me know um what you think about the episodes. Let me know if there's topics you would want me to talk about. Um, and yeah, let's get into it. Secondly, I am so sorry for not for just being so silent this month. Um, the planets are retrograding. What can I say? <laughs> it's been, it's been, it's been one hell of a time. Um, yeah, really, um, yeah, that's all I'm going to say about that. It's been a crazy, crazy, crazy uh, couple of weeks, mentally, emotionally, physically, everything like life has just been doing that, doing the thing. Um, but still grateful, still thankful still blessed still still elevating so yeah it is what it is um yeah so my 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 aim is to have an episode out at, at least every two weeks um so that's why like this i feel i feel the lag the lagging the lagging the laggingness <laughs> this yeah this this couple of this past month because i've literally not posted anything no i have i have an episode i have like some episodes ready already so we're not going to have this um yeah this is not going to happen again i think it was my mistake because i was just recording like one episode every time now i'm learning to record more even if i've not edited like i'll still so that i I can just have you know some some backups so lesson learned there um and what else did i want to talk about before um yeah I think oh sorry no that's not it um video content is coming this month you guys <laughs> like <laughs> yeah man it's um i have one video ready <laughs> this is so exciting i'm sorry that was a terrible scream wow that was so disgusting but anyway yeah um yeah, we're having video content coming out this, this month. Uh, we have a new editor on the team. Yay, yay. Um, yeah. Um, watch my video. Watch my, when I, when I come, when I, you will know, trust me. Don't worry. When I come out, when my post, when I come out, gosh, when I post my first video, um, I'll definitely keep you all po- posted so you can check it out. Um, yeah, so when you check it out, you'll get to see who the editor is because, duh, we we credit our 
um, contributors on this channel. <laughs> so yeah, very excited for that. Also get excited for that. Um, and also just to give like a, should I call it? Like a, it's not a trigger warning, but just to let you know, guys, let you know, guys, let you guys know. Um, this episode is gonna be talking about matters that are, um, cons- that concern spirituality, faith, religion, um, and what have you. So if that's something that you know you, yeah, you like you don't like or you don't like talking about or you feel like it's unnecessary or whatever, um, this is not the episode for you. <laughs> Just saying. Um, and also please learn to take everything with a, and this episode included, take everything with a grain of salt. Um, if you if, if do your own research, don't just depend on me because I'm just one person. Um, yeah, so do your own research, find out your information for your own self. Um, yeah, I think my role here, is, yeah, my role and like what I'm trying to do here is just to like kind of turn your heads to like to something. Um, whether you decide to work in that direction or not, that's up to you. Um, yeah, so just wanted to give that bit of a preamble before we start today's lovely, lovely episode that I'm really excited to, um, get to get into. So yeah. All right. Uh, thank you all. And, uh, let's get into it. Enjoy. (laughs) Safari. 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 Oh, a safari a bambani macheo. Oh, safari a bambani machero. Safari a bambani machero. Oh, safari a bambani machero. Safari a bambani machero. Hello. Hi, sasa mambo niaje. I hope you're doing well. Welcome, Karibuni, to season one, episode three of Just Say Chelsea. I'm Chelsea, and on this show, I like to talk about topics that interest me, which mainly involve the social and cultural aspects of life as we know it today. So pretty much anything from spirituality to entertainment, mental health, identity, and life. Just life. So if that sounds like something you'd enjoy, I encourage you to grab a glass or a can like I have today of something nice kick your feet up, chill Kiasi. I'm trying to go for a chill but mentally stimulating vibe here. All right, so the concept of heaven is not exactly uh, something that's new in human history. Life after death is something so many people are often curious about. And um, where where do we even, like we wonder stuff like where do we go when we die, you know, um, so one of those places might be heaven, but before we get into it, let's look at how the word heaven came to be in the first place. So the modern English word heaven is derived from earlier or middle English, um, the word from the word heaven, which is H-E-V-E-N, um, and it was first used in 1159. This in turn was developed from the previous old English form, of, of the word which was hellphone. So by the first century, the word hellphone was being used in reference to the Christianized place where God dwells. But originally, it had signified sky or um, firmament, which explains why we think of heaven being 
up or in the skies. Uh, so there are various diverse beliefs about um, heaven and its purpose because we have so many um, religions and spiritualities um, in the world today. Buddhists, for example, view heaven as a temporary place where those who have done good deeds experience more sensual pleasures for a longer period. Hell is another temporary place where those evildoers experience more physical and mental suffering. It is not justifiable to believe that such places are permanent, according to Buddhism. There is no God behind the scene of heaven and hell. Each and every person experiences according to his good and bad karma. Buddhists practice uh, the religion without aiming at heaven or without developing the fear of hell. Islam, another uh, religion, defines heaven as jhana, the paradise where good people rest after leaving their early body. The Holy Quran describes it as gardens of pleasure, where people are rewarded after death for the good and for the good actions that they commit during their lifetime. <laughs> so there are seven levels of heaven in Islam. And each level has a different core and construction with a different prophet residing in them. Now, in this episode, I will look at heaven from the perspective of the Hebrew Bible, analyzing its meaning, how different books in the Bible um, describe it. And I will also be talking about heaven with the view of a certain book, um, there are seven levels of heaven in Islam and each level has a different core and construction with a different prophet residing in them. Now, in this episode, I will look at heaven from the perspective of the Hebrew Bible, analyzing its meaning, uh, how different books in the Bible describe it. And I will also be talking about... Um, Heaven with the view of a certain book that was considered as part of the Bible but isn't anymore. Wonder why, huh? I really, really wonder why. So before I started researching today's topic, my understanding of heaven was pretty basic. I thought of heaven as this grand place filled with gold, you know, all this amazing stuff. Everyone is dressed in white opulence, you know, pretty much. Um, and they're singing hymns and praising God every day, um, all day, every day. And um, so pretty much like a slightly elevated level of church, which I presume is most people's perception of heaven. Also, that's literally how heaven is described in Revelation chapter 7, verse 9 to 17, if you want to read it. But I digress. One thing that stood out to me is the idea of being of there being multiple heavens and not just one main heaven. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The Bible describes heaven in a plural sense and many as many verses, for example, um, in Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 1, 
listen, you heavens, and I will speak. Hear you earth, the words of the mouth of my mouth. First Chronicles sixteen twenty six. For all the goods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Psalms chapter nineteen verse one. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. Second Peter chapter three verse ten. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. There are many more verses I could mention, but I'm sure you get you get where I'm going with this. <laughs> so since God created many heavens, how many heavens are there? <laughs> um the Dead Sea Scrolls, one of the most important uh, dis- religious discovery, uh, discovery, religious discoveries of all time, was made in a series of caves near the Dead Sea, which had hidden remnants of nearly a thousand texts, some of which were included in the Hebrew Bible, and others which were extra biblical. The Dead Sea Scrolls, an accidental discovery made by shepherds, not only gave us access to the oldest known copies of almost all the Old Testament books, apart from Esther, but also to a vast collection of hitherto unknown texts. Among them were titles such as The Children of Light, Against the Children of Darkness, New Jerusalem, Apocryphon of David, Testament of Judah, Vision of Samuel, and up to 25 copies of Enoch. Now, the book of Enoch is one that has received a lot of controversy in the Christian world. I remember telling my friend, who's a Christian, while I was researching for this episode, I told him about the book of Enoch, and all he had to say about it was, and I quote, Enoch is capping. (laughs) But his sources were, trust me, bro. So I naturally had to find this out for myself. (laughs) Now, I'm going to give you guys a new word. Pseudopigrapha is a generic name given to diverse manuscripts attributed to revered figures of the past or written under their authority. I mean, there's no way that the first human being, Adam, actually wrote a book in the Garden of Eden. These books are seen as inspired scripture. Another example is Paul's letter to Timothy and Titus, which were written after his death. One of the most well-known pseudopigrapha that found no place in the Old Testament is the book of Enoch. Which is usually, which is actually, sorry, which is actually quoted in the New Testament in Jude, uh, verse fourteen to fifteen, and reflects a number of conceptual similarities to early Christianity. The Book of Enoch was a sacred scripture at the time when the New Testament was being composed, and it was read and accepted by many Christian communities. Even in the 4th century CE, which is kind of like AD, um, but it started to disappear around that time. One of the first names mentioned in Genesis 
Enoch was a grandfather of Methuselah. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think he's the father of the grandfather of Methuselah and the great-grandfather of Noah. He lived 365 years, but he never died. Genesis chapter 5 verse 24 says, Enoch walked faithfully with God. Then he was no more because God took him away. The book of Enoch mentions a belief in an original battle between rebellious um, angels and God. They believe in an intermediate state between the death of a person and the resurrection for the final judgment. The belief in personalized punishments after death for different types of sins and the existence of several heavens. Now, I got this most I got most of this information from a book called The Lost Books of the Old Testament, The History of Ancient Jewish Apocrypha, not included in the Bible and it's written by Gustavo Vasquez Lozano. So you can get it for yourself if you want to. It's a really tiny book. It's I think it's like 40 pages, um but it has it's packed with good good information. So Philip J Long, a professor of biblical studies at Grace Christian University, gives a simplified summary of an interesting section of the book in his article titled Enoch's Journey Through the Heavens. Uh, the link is in the description of this um, episode if you want to check it out. Um, yeah. So according to Enoch, there's not one or two or three or even seven heavens, but a whooping ten heavens with God being the tenth heaven. So I'm just going to give you guys like a quick summary of these 10 heavens. Um, so in his article, he just breaks them down really, really simply. Um, so the book begins with Enoch's vision after he fathered Medusella, which correct me, correct, correct, correct myself in the previous one. When I said grandfather, I meant father of Medusella. Father, he is caught up to, to heaven um, by glorious angelic beings. So... Um, Enoch describes his trip through the first heaven where he sees the angels who govern the stars and various storehouses of heaven. Um, then he's brought to the second heaven where he sees prisoners hanging in darkness awaiting judgment. Uh, then the third heaven contains paradise, which is described as an ideal and beautiful place for the righteous. I think what we are taught to, um, to what, what is taught to us as heaven is what Enoch is describing as um the third heaven <laughs> and then um then then he ascends into the fourth heaven where he sees uh paths of the sun and the moon so yeah this is a kind of weird thing for, for it was kind of weird for me also because i was like is this like like astrology i don't know <laughs> But yeah, anyway, fourth heaven, um, he sees the pass of the sun and the moon. Then fifth heaven um, contains an in innumerable army, um, which uh, in the Greek, which is led army led by Grigori, which is a Greek word for watchers. This has a very interesting story. The, the story of the watchers, um, yeah. So the fifth heaven, the watchers are here, but they have been downcast because there's a whole history there. Um, sixth heaven contains seven groups of angels who are all glorious but all identical um, so there are angels which worship God and record the deeds of Enoch in the scene um, there are seven phoenixes 
and seven cherubim and seven six-winged beings singing in unison. That's the sixth heaven. Then in the seventh heaven, Enoch sees the fiery armies of archangels and a wide variety of angelic beings. Um, so Enoch, at this point, Enoch is so frightened. Uh, the angelic guides must pick him up and strengthen him. I don't know if you guys have seen um, depictions of modern, like 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 depictions of how angels looked uh, or look like in the Bible. Um, there are some really really descriptive images, and that make you really understand why someone would be would be so filled with such fright when seeing an angel because angels don't look like what is drawn in the kids' Bible. <laughs> they look very, very, very different, which is not shocking because I think anything that is beyond worldly nature is just, is not, yeah, it's not something that we can just understand easily. Um, so yeah, in the seventh heaven, Enoch is like, y'all, this is, I can't. So the angels give him strength and um, then they show him the throne of the Lord at a great distance. It's in the 10th heaven. Um, he moves to the very edge of the seventh heaven here. He sees the seraphim. Um, the angels, the angel guides depart and are replaced by Gabriel. Um, so when Gabriel, then with Gabriel, uh, he sees the eighth heaven, which contains the zodiacs. Um, <laughs> Enoch is then brought by Michael into the presence of the Lord in the tenth heaven. Uh, the Lord is described as so very marvelous, as superly awesome, and supremely frightening. Michael strengthens Enoch and asks the Lord to show Enoch before the, the throne of God forever. The Lord has Michael extract Enoch from his early clothes, which seems to be removing his soul, since after he's anointed with oil, he has become he had become like the glorious ones, but without any physical difference. So yeah, your boy went um to heaven and he saw ten heavens. Now <laughs> As interesting as this concept of heaven is, one part of this book that stood out to me is the fifth heaven, which has the watchers. Now, I don't know if you know this story of the watchers, but it is quite interesting. So please allow me to digress a bit, just a, a small, a small, teensy, wincy, litsy, little bitty. <laughs> just to give you a quick, quick summary of it. I'm just going to read, uh, I'm just going to read really quickly from, it's an excerpt from, uh, the book, the books I'm telling you guys about, uh, the book called uh, the the history of the Old Testament. So the most interesting, <laughs> the most interesting part of the narrative is about the fall of the rebellious angels, which links directly with the enigmatic narration of the sons of God, who have intercourse with the daughters of men, and spawn giants. Enoch reveals how some celestial beings, the Watchers. Um, commanded by an angel name, named, named Shemihaza, fell in love with the daughters of human beings and wished to mate with them, making an oath to remain united in their purpose. Two hundred angels descended uh, to the summit of Mount Hermon, not only to take the beautiful daughters of humans, but to cause chaos as well. And they began to go into them and to defile themselves through them and to teach them sorcery and charms and to reveal to them the cutting of roots and plants. And they conceived from them and bore to them great giants. 
And the giants begot Nephilim. I don't know if you've heard of this word Nephilim, but it's kind of familiar. And to the Nephilim, and to the Nephilim were born. And they were growing in accordance with their greatness. They were devouring the labor of all the sons of men. And men were not able to supply them. And the giants began to kill men and to devour them. And they began to sin against the birds and beasts and creeping things and the fish and to devour one another's flesh and they drank the blood. The rebellious angels teach men to take to make war by showing them how to make weapons and shields. At the same time, they inculcate vanity, so women are taught to make silver bracelets, eye makeup, and other ornaments. Other angels instruct them in astrology, how to use plants, magic, and how to cast spells. The perversion of creation is eventually complete. And there was a lot of godlessness on the earth. And they made their ways desolate. Concludes the author of Enoch. In this text, it appears clearer that God's destruction of his creation is directly related to the illicit relationship between celestial beings and humans and the consequent perversion and destruction that came from it. God orders the archangel Gabriel to destroy the giants, the archangel Michael to imprison the leader of the rebels, and Raphael to renovate the earth. So yeah, that's the um, story of the Watchers. <laughs> so it's very interesting to me because it kind of brings um, uh, to question the the um, how you know we became such sinners, you know stuff like weapons and vanity and um, magic and casting spells things that are you know considered according to the christian faith at least according to most humans according to the christian faith as you know um materialistic or stuff stuff like that um it's really interesting to see that that could probably be one of the one of the ways that it was introduced to us because anyway i'm not even going to gonna get into it too much but yeah very 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 interesting uh, tidbit there tidbit there about um on the history. So moving on swiftly <laughs> to the modern day Bible, heaven is described as a real place that is mentioned two seventy six times in the New Testament alone. Scripture refers to three heavens, and Paul describes his vision of a man who was caught up uh, to the third heaven in Second Corinthians chapter twelve, verse one to five. If a third heaven exists, there must also be two other heavens, right? So the first heaven is most frequently referred to in the tes- Old Testament as the sky or the firmament. This is the heaven that contains clouds, the area that birds fly through. And the second heaven is interstellar or outer space, which is the abode of the stars, planets, and other celestial objects. Um, as described in Genesis chapter 1, verse 14 to 18. In the third heaven, uh, the third heaven, uh, is the location of which is not revealed, is believed to be the dwelling place of God. Jesus describes his father's house having many rooms and that he's going to prepare a place for true Christians and he will come back for said Christians in John chapter 14, verse 1 to 4. Now, if you really want to have a clearer image of heaven, I'd suggest you read the book of Revelations, 
um, especially from chapter 21 to 23, the last two chapters of the book. Um, this book really lives up to its title because in as much as the reality of heaven is beyond the ability of finite man to describe, as mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, John does some, he really stars and serves some piping hot tea and I live, honey, I live. The Apostle John was privileged to see and report on the heavenly city. You can find it in Revelation chapter 21, verse 10 to 27. John witnessed the heaven, uh, the new earth, possessed possess the glory of God. Uh, and he also uh, he was also in the very presence of God. Because heaven has no night, and the Lord himself is the light, the sun and moon are no longer needed. Crazy. The city is filled with the brilliance of costly stones and crystal clear jasper. Heaven has 12 gates. You can see that in chapter 21, verse 12. And 12 foundations. Same chapter. The paradise of the Garden of Eden is restored. Can you imagine seeing the Garden of Eden again? Anyway. The paradise of Garden of Eden is restored. The river of the water of life flows freely and the tree of life is available once again, yielding fruit monthly with leaves that heal the nations. Heaven is a place of no mores. There will be no more tears, no more pain, no more pain, no more pain, and no more sorrow. There will be no more separation because death will be conquered. That's You can find that in Revelation chapter 20, verse 6. Now, according to the Bible, those who go to heaven, um, which is the dwelling place of God's saints from earth who have died and now live there in his presence, so those who go will be able to actually talk to them and know them. So like Abraham, Moses, all those people, maybe celebrities who were righteous. Yeah. And <laughs> you get to know them, which is much quick, cooler than a quick photo op or an autograph, if you ask me honestly. Um, so heaven also contains permanent inheritance and unperishing estate and specifically reserved for believers as written in first Peter chapter one verse four. The redeemed in heaven are described as shining and wearing white robes, indicating their moral purity and righteousness, as seen in Daniel chapter twelve, verse three, Matthew chapter thirteen, verse forty three, Revelation three, four and six eleven. In my opinion, the Bible gives a description of heaven as an eternal state, where many things we are doing now, which include working, learning, growing, will continue, but only in a perfected condition, ergo the non-existence of sin or our earthly bodies. So, that's that's heaven for me. <laughs> so what do you think heaven is like? Do you think Enoch was capping? I mean, he was a flat earther. <laughs> he did believe you could get to a point in the earth and just fall down. Uh, but could there be truth to his visions? The Bible does say in Gen, Genesis Gen, in Genesis chapter 5, verse 22, that he walked faithfully with God for 300 years. And there is an intense debate as to why his book wasn't included in the Old Testament. All I know is where there is smoke, there is fire. And two things can be right. It can be right and wrong at the same time. So, yeah, do with that, with that information what you will. <laughs> 
So anyway, what other episodes, uh, what other parts of heaven did I miss on this episode? Um, do you feel like there are things I should have talked about, things that I skipped on? Um, let me know. Um, what are your perspectives on heaven? What do you think heaven is like? Do you think heaven is real or it's just a fallacy? Um, what do you think happens when we die? <laughs> I'd really like to get to know um, your guys' opinions. Um, you, your opinions on this. Uh, this is something that really I find interesting. Um, and the discovery of, of uh, the book of Enoch for me has been like such an eye-opener. Um, in as much as I'm not taking the word, you know, uh, his story as the solid, solid, solid truth, I do believe that there is something there to be um, learned and to be listened to. Um, because it, it was part, it was um, part of the Bible, so <laughs> and there's still no like clear reason. Like this is the reason why Enoch was removed. It's still, oh no no, it's this this people are saying this. Oh no no, this people are saying this. It's like, ah. but um yeah, that's it was just really interesting to me, especially the uh, aspect of the ten heavens. Like damn, that would be so cool. Um, but yeah, what do you think? Do you think that ten heavens? Do you think there are three heavens? Um, what's a religion? What's a spirituality? What do you believe in? Let's let's talk about this. I really want to get to know um to get you know what you guys think about it. Pick your minds a bit on this. So, yeah. Um, and keep an eye out for this episode's written version of my blog this week. Um, that's gonna be on chelsealariablog.wordpress.com. That's chelsealariablog.wordpress.com. I'm buying my own domain. Please don't stress me. It's coming. Just relax. <laughs> <laughs> anyway this episode has been produced by squared studios artwork have, has been done by jack mckenzie of mograph studios and this episode has been directed written and edited by moi me <laughs> follow me on instagram at just saying underscore pod and um I'll see you all oh, before I see you in the next one. Um, someone told me it would be a good idea for me to like tra- translate um, the songs that I use in the beginning and like just give you guys <laughs> a, it's a, a small like a small description. So the song I sang in today's episode is called um, Safari Abamba. Um, it, that's literally the only line in the whole song. Okay, I mean there are other like, what do you call them? Like, hey, ha, but like... <laughs> The actual line in the song is Safari Abambani Machero. And it's a song that was sung by I don't know what tribe of uh, I don't know what community in East Africa. Um in Kenya specifically. And Safari Abambani Machero means um Safari Bamba is a place, uh Safari is a journey, and Machero is tomorrow. So Safari Abambani Machero means this the journey to bamba is tomorrow it's a song that kids used to sing um because bamba is a place where people used to go um and, and it was really people used to travel there um it was a really far far place and it used it just as a song to tell guys to get ready so if you're going to bamba you have to get ready because it's gonna be long it's gonna be tough it's gonna be hard so prepare yourself so that's that's just pretty much the um the vibe of the song so yeah, Safari Abamba ni Machero. Um, yeah, so that's it. That's all. I'll see y'all in the next one. Peace.